This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Guys, thank you again for, uh, for being here. Thank you, everybody. We've got quite a few people watching online this morning. Thank you so much for watching online, even though maybe you couldn't be here. You're here if you can be. Uh, we serve the same God, and you can worship at home in, uh, in your PJs. We recommend that you're here if you can be. But, uh, but if, for whatever reason, I see some people that are watching that are out of town and, and whatnot, and thank you for taking the time and, and, uh, and uh, worshiping with us together this morning. So we're doing summer at the movies. It is week number two. How many of you enjoyed last week? I heard a bunch of people say they enjoyed the movie Wonder on Wednesday night. Pretty inspiring, wasn't it? So um, talk about summer at the movies. If you hadn't been with us during the movie series before, you may be wondering what in the world do the movies have to do with God? That doesn't sound real spiritual. What am I coming to church for? Not coming to church, talk about movies. How many of you love movies? I do too. We love movies as a family, and um, we just, I, I just had all, something I'd always wanted to do. I thought, what a great time during the summer when many people start taking vacation or out and kids are out of school and all this kind of stuff. What a great thing to do than to take three or four weeks and to talk about the spiritual parallels in movies. And, you know, we talked about that, how we love, we love stories, don't we? We love anybody who's an engaging speaker. They're usually a really good storyteller. And they, that's one of the things we remember about when they speak. We remember the story and hopefully remember the parallel that went with the story, you know, from what they talked about. But we love this, and, and we look at even Jesus. Jesus told so many parables, and I, I believe we don't even have all of them, you know, listed in Scripture. He was always telling stories and then giving the spiritual parallel that goes along with it. And so I believe that today, many times, movies, we can look at them as modern-day parables. How many of you have ever been watching a movie and you stopped and went, whoa, that could preach? Goodness, you looked at it, and how many? Some you may have even had the Lord speak to you through a movie before, and and it's all it's what you walked away thinking about was this was this thing that the Lord showed you through this movie. So, um, so we had a bunch of people guessing on the on the movie on Facebook this week, and um, there was a lot of you right. So some of you are already guessing what it was, though I believe that Miss Chris Bounds got it first. I thought you were first. Was Chrissy Hampton first? I will, I will check, so I'm going to take this back. Is, Ms. is Chrissy in here? I did, oh, there she is over there. I'm going to verify this. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to check it out and make sure uh, because uh, I, you know how it lays it out on Facebook? Sometimes it, it mixes up the order, and it says somebody guessed two hours ago, one person three days ago, one person 16 hours ago. And so I tried to sort it in order, and I thought, I thought you were first, but maybe it was maybe it was Chrissy. Guys, the movie we're going to talk about today I have been wanting to do for a while. I wanted to do last year and was hesitant uh, in honor of, of Mother's Day, of Father's Day, and the 2016 movie Hacksaw Ridge. I'm going to talk about. And uh, this movie was very inspirational. Those of you who saw it, what an inspirational movie that was. I mean, it, it had its highs and lows, and you walked away almost in tears, and you're going, "Wow, what!" an inspiration this man, Desmond Doss, was. Um, obviously, because of some of the comments I saw on Facebook, I need to give a disclaimer. Are we ready for the disclaimer? The reason I didn't do it last year. This movie is rated R. And like I say, I did hesitate because I know, especially the Spirit-filled church, we have different convictions. 
And we're going to talk about that a little bit in this because this movie was very much about conviction. Um, but I'm running forward with it. This is a World War II movie, and, uh, and it's a true story. Um, and so let me talk about this, about the rating on it real quick. Because, have you know, they give ratings to movies. That, for instance, I don't know how many of you saw the Unplanned movie that was out, you know, in the last month or so. And they gave it an R rating because of um, the content, the abortion content and such. Some of you know that a few years, a number of years ago, as a church, we went and saw Passion of the Christ. It was very rated R, was it not? Uh, just because of violence and such. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge uh, does have a little bit of language in it, uh, but no more than what's in a PG movie. Um, there is a quick shot in the barracks of a, of a guy's rear end. Uh, nothing more than you would see in a PG-13 movie that will be edited before we show it because I don't want anybody flipping out over uh, a quick shot of a guy's, uh, of a guy's rear end. Um, the movie is rated R because of war-related violence. I don't feel that it was gratuitous or, or really out of order. Uh, there are a few spots that will make you cringe uh, because, as you guys know from my hint, he was a, he was a medic, and, uh, and he is rescuing these injured guys from the battlefield. And so um, it was that content that gave this movie um, this rating. I do feel like um, I didn't cringe nearly much as, as much in this movie as I did Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ was tough. We as a family, we watched it on Easter. Our kids saw it for the first time. And, uh, oh, that movie is hard to watch, is it not? But how awesome is it? You walk away just going, wow, what a price my Savior paid. And so, um, so anyway, um, because of this, Shauna started mentioning it. Um, we are going to ask that Wednesday night, uh, we, we are going to say this is going to be a movie for adults. Um, we're going to ask that kids be in the fellowship hall uh, to watch the movie that uh, Ashley and Children's Department shows. Uh, for those that are 13 to 17, um, you're free to come um, with a parent or with a parent's permission. As in school, I don't know how many of you in school, uh, a movie came out maybe about American history or something, and it had a rating that the school had to send home a permission slip for you to sign. Similar kind of thing. We want to cover our rated movie at church. Uh, we don't want some teenager getting dropped off and, and going home and his parents finding out he watched an R-rated movie at church. Lord help us. Um, this, movie, this movie was released in the U.S. November 4th of 2016. It grossed $175.3 million worldwide. Uh, got mainly positive reviews. Mel Gibson directed it. Andrew Garfield was the lead performance. Um, it was chosen by the American Film Institute as one of the top ten movies of the year. It received numerous awards and nominations. It received six Oscar nominations at the 89th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Garfield, Best Sound Editing, won awards for Best uh, Sound Mixing, and, uh, and editing. It also received Golden Globe nominations for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor. And so uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to look at the spiritual parallels for a few minutes of Hacksaw Ridge today. Let me mention, um, as I always do, um, if you are watching online, we cannot show the video clips to you. So you will not see these. I don't think I mentioned that during our pre-service meeting, but obviously don't put the camera up on the screen. Um, you may hear the audio, but we can't. Uh, we have a license to show it in-house. We cannot stream it. And guys, we're having to get real careful with this stuff. Some of these licenses for, for things, I, I, I don't even think the staff know. Last week, I got our second of, um, offense email. Uh, how many of you remember last year, I did a message and I played, um, I don't know, 20 seconds of Twist and Shout by the Beatles. 
Somebody, it, I, somehow it didn't get edited out, and they're watching these things. They're scanning every video and watching, watching this stuff. And so for that reason, I'm not even putting the videos up on the websites right now. I'm waiting and going to see what we got to do about this license, these licensing issues. Because uh, actually our first offense was when Dave um, Smethurst was here. I mean, if you remember a year, year and a half ago when Dave Smethurst was here, he showed a little ministry video, highlights from the last year, and there was a little bit of background playing in his video, a little background music that was licensed. And we got a warning on that. And so they're talking about closing our accounts and all this stuff. Jesus, help us. I can't keep up with it all. So, uh, so anyway, uh, you will not be seeing the video um, on, if you are watching with us online, but we will watch it Wednesday night. And we do invite you to, uh, to join us for that. So with that said, uh, for those of you who haven't, how many of you have seen Hacksaw Ridge? Uh, yeah, um, probably about half. Okay, with that, we're going to, um, we're going to watch the, the trailer right quick. Hit it for me, Titus. What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private DOS. Who was Private DOS? I always dreamed about being a doctor, but I uh, didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. But you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. That's going to be designed. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. You don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'll fall in love with you because you are like anyone else. You're saying you could go to prison. But I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. You home. There's something you gotta see. I did this. That's the card. We have to go back up tomorrow. And they're not gonna go up there without you. Hexall Ridge. Uh, Hexall Ridge, give you the, their summary right quick. Hexall Ridge is a true story of Private First Class Desmond T. Doss. He did win the Congressional Medal of Honor despite refusing to bear arms during World War II on religious grounds. Doss was drafted and ostracized by fellow soldiers for his pacifist stance, but went on to earn the respect and adoration for his bravery, selflessness, and compassion after he risked his life without firing a single shot to save 75 men at the Battle of Okinawa. Desmond Doss is known as a war hero, even though, as it said, he never fired a shot. He's remembered 
not just because of who he was, not because of where he was from. He's remembered because of what he did. And, you know, the thing is, we are remembered. We do the things we do. Really, we do those things because of who we are. Isn't that true? This young man, there were qualities in this young man that caused him to do these things that he is now remembered for. And so with this, we're going to, I'm going to give you several things today. Um, if you look, uh, you should have a note sheet uh, in your service guide. You can follow along on that note sheet. I'm going to give you three lessons from the life of Def- Desmond Doss. And um, in this, you know, we've been talking about, we've been talking about for a while now, we've been talking about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we're moving forward with the Lord, when we're seeking his will for our life, when we're doing what he's called us to do, number one, there will be obstacles in your way. Number one, there will be obstacles in your way. When we're moving forward, we're doing these things. We've chosen to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're following God's will for our life. How many of you know you're going to face obstacles? It's amazing to me how many Christians are so surprised by it. They just can't believe that God would allow this tough situation to come their way. How many of you can attest to the fact that there's obstacles along the way? Oh, good. Three or four of us. Most of you are in good shape then. Once you've got direction, once you've got vision, once you know where you're going, if you know there will always be people to give you a list of reasons why you shouldn't and why you can't, why it's not a good idea, and why you'll probably never succeed. Have you had those kind of people in your life before? Boy, it's real encouraging, isn't it? Just gives you that extra oomph to run on ahead. No, not really. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to show this first clip. And this is, um, this is a clip where um, Desmond has decided that he's going to enlist. Like, like you heard in the, in the summary, uh, Desmond Doss was a Christian. He's a pacifist. He didn't believe in taking a life. And that makes it a little strange for him to enlist in World War II, doesn't it? But this is where he tells his soon-to-be wife, and tells his dad that, uh, that he has enlisted. So take a look at this. What? I have to enlist. I won't be a medic. I figure I'll be saving people, not killing them. I have to go to work. I'm going to be late. Dorothy, Dorothy, Dorothy. So are you going to ask me to marry you or what? I don't know. You still going to have me? I wouldn't know. You haven't asked. Well, I'm asking you. With all my heart and then some, will you marry me? Then yes. Yes, I will. When? As soon as you get your first leave. But I still don't like you at this moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I love you. Mama said, come see you here. 
These three were my best friends. I grew up with them. I got into trouble with them, chased girls with them. I enlisted with them. Now my friends are there. Covered in dirt and grass and eaten by worms. I don't want to have to visit my sons here. Daddy, I, I signed up already. I couldn't do otherwise, Pop. Everybody else is, is doing you it. ain't everybody else. Like everybody else jumps in, does things quick without thinking like the damn idiot fools we were. You know, and soldiers who live, they live because they can do that. You can't. Like you gotta sit and think and pray about everything. I mean, look at you, you're doing it right now. Like you won't be able to live with yourself if you go. No, I won't be able to live with myself if I don't. I'm gonna be a medic. And that's gonna be my way to serve. See, there you go, thinking it all out. But you figure this war is just gonna fit in with you? Your ideas? Well, I know, I don't doubt it's gonna be hard. It won't be hard, it'll be impossible. You know, whatever beliefs you have in your crazy head now, they won't ever play out. It don't work that way. And if by some, I don't know, miracle chance you survive, you won't be giving no thanks to God. Great, great. We all need some air. Come on, fellas. Shake a leg. Uncle Sam's got you. Now say goodbye to Mama. Come on. <sighs> Lady, please step away from the bus. I almost forgot. Here, I want you to have this. It's mine. You keep it right here, where I'll be. Bye. I love you. obstacles in your way as you move forward and do what you know you're supposed to do. We see in this, in this clip, Desmond's dad says that he probably won't make it back, says joining is foolish, says he's not the right kind of person, that he won't be able to live with himself, this is impossible, things won't play out the way you think. When we start stepping into what we know we're supposed to do, there's going to be obstacles in the way. I mean, you know that sometimes it's people, and that's a tough thing because when it's people, many times it's the people closest to you. And that really makes it tough. And they'll give you all kinds of reasons why you can't, why it's impossible, why it's foolish. I think I've told you guys before, um, I, a number of years ago, I remember telling a family member that Sean and I were working hard. We were going to get out of debt and never going to get back in debt again in our lives. And the response was, well, that's impossible. You'll always be in debt your whole life. No. We did it, and all we got is our house left. We're moving forward. 
not going to listen to those words. I remember the day I told a family member that, um, that I wasn't going to a normal college, that I was going to Bible college and pursuing ministry. I was called a fool. Sometimes people around us are speaking the discouraging words. Isn't that true? There will be obstacles. And this got me thinking about, I remember, I remember the children of Israel. I mean, can you imagine being delivered from Egypt? After all they saw, after all these plagues and all these things that happened, and when, when Pharaoh finally says, get out, get out, go. And they left that very night. They were prepared. God had told them to be ready. That very night, they got up and they took off. Can you imagine the feeling? Imagine how they felt after was it 400 years, 400 some years of uh, being slaves in Egypt? Could you imagine the excitement and the anticipation? And they had the fire by night and the cloud by day. They knew that God was with them. Then they came right up on the Red Sea. And they saw the dust rising from the Egyptians coming at them from behind. There was an obstacle in the way, wasn't there? And we know the children of Israel go on to over, over the next years, there was the lack of food and, and lack of water, and there was disease, and there was these foreign nations that they encountered. There was a lot of in the way as they headed to where God told them to go. There was all kinds of reasons to quit, and they wanted to a bunch of times, didn't they? We would have been better off in Egypt, right? Because there were obstacles along the way. In Hacksaw Ridge... Um, if you read, I did a bit of reading on the, on the story of what, you know, really happened in all this. And I, I read that the, the, the movie is actually very close and very minute detail that they put into this movie. Uh, it's, it's really pretty neat. But this ridge that they call Hacksaw Ridge was 350 feet high. Now, you know in battle, it's better to have the high ground than the low ground, right? They had the low ground and they had to get up to there, 350 feet. And so they dropped a cargo net they, somebody climbed up and got a cargo net attached, and that's where the men climbed. They climbed this cargo net up the obstacle to, uh, to the top. And, you know, sometimes you start moving forward, and you find this huge ridge in front of you, and it's tough. And there comes a point in our lives where we have to say, Lord, you've sent me. You've told me to do this, so I'm going to move forward regardless of the people, the obstacles, the seas are the ridges ahead of me. There comes a point where we say, Lord, I trust you. Let's go. And we run forward. I was thinking um, Hebrews 13.5. Y'all heard this before, but from the Passion Translation, it says, For hasn't he, hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone? What's the next word? Never. Say it like you mean it. Never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. That should help us out a little bit. If we truly believe it, that should help us when we come to the mountains and the seas and the ridges in our lives. Deuteronomy 31.8, this is from the English Standard. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear and, or be dismayed. I'll bet that ridge, which, by the way, had all these Japanese troops hidden at the top in caves and underground tunnels, all these different things. I can only imagine that it struck fear in the hearts of all these young soldiers as they approached it, especially as they started climbing that cargo net. Can you imagine? How many of you have seen video of, of the Allied troops coming off the boats on D-Day? Lord Jesus, have mercy. Can you imagine that moment? I can only imagine this ridge 
had to strike fear in the hearts of many of them. But, you know, God told Moses, and it's still true today, that when you're with the Lord, he goes before you and he prepares the way. Nothing takes him by surprise. And how many of you know that all we have to do is trust him? With all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Again, y'all know this. From the English Standard, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. And so beyond the obstacles that we're talking about, how many of you have ever had something in your life where people flat out stood against you? Nobody? It's one thing to have obstacles, but it's another thing when people try to stand in your way and absolutely stand against you. That's tough. Look at this next short clip. So how come you don't fight? Are you thinking better than us? No. But what if he was attacked? Oh. Whoa! Say it like that. Bible says to turn the other cheek, don't it? Yeah, see, I don't think this is a question of religion, fellas. I think this is cowardice. Plain and simple. Is that right, Doss? Well, go on. Take a poke. Tell you what, I'm going to give you a free shot. Huh? Right there. Hit me, Doss. Go on. Let him have it. Go ahead. No? In this, we see Desmond's fellow troops giving him a hard time. And, and when you watch the movie, you'll see that it was, um, you know, even his commanding officers as well uh, that were standing against him. You know, whenever you try to do anything great, uh, or even just take a stand, how many of you have gotten ridiculed for simply taking a stand on something, and you found people standing against you? It wasn't even their business, but they took a stand against you. Sometimes, how many of you have ever, it's ever been so bad that you had to separate yourself from somebody? It's really tough when it's a fellow believer, and they're speaking doubt and strife and confusion into your situation. And you've said to say, Lord, I just separate myself from this because it's not what you've told me. And like I said, sometimes it's toughest because it's the people closest to us. Many times it's close friends and family. But Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, this is from the Message Bible. He says, not only that, Jesus says, count yourself blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed. Every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. Has anybody actually given a cheer when somebody stood against them? I'm just not at that place yet. Not there. For though they don't like it, I do. I love this next part. It's why I chose the Message Bible for this. And all heaven applauds. Man, too often we want the acceptance and the praise of others. I want to take a stand and know that regardless, all of heaven stands in applause. How awesome is that? And know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. We have to begin to speak God's word into situations. 
When somebody stands against you, we got to speak God's word. You may not want to do it directly to the person when they're standing against you. Uh, probably won't make things better for you. But you need to speak God's word. Speak it to the enemy. Begin to declare. But declare Isaiah 51, 17. No weapon fashioned against me will succeed. I refute every tongue that rises against me in judgment. It says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication comes from me, declares the Lord. Many times when people stand against us, something that, that anger rises up in us. You know what I'm talking about, right? And we want to smart off. We want to have the last word. God said, says, vindication is mine. We've got to back off and we've got to love. We shouldn't be surprised when people and obstacles come against us. As I said last week, God's not going to always bail you out. We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he will be with you. It's funny. I've said it before, but people think that, I've heard people say, well, God wants me to be happy. Christians usually say that when they're doing something that they know maybe they shouldn't. Well, God knows my heart and he wants me to be happy. Does he really? He promised persecution. God's not so concerned with our happiness. He says we can have joy in the midst of the storm, but happiness is circumstantial. Isn't that true? We should know God has spoken to us and what we have been called to do. So, number one, there will be obstacles in our way. Number two, your convictions will not always be understood. Your convictions will not always be understood. I want to dig into this for a minute, but firstly, watch this, uh, watch this next clip from the movie. Eddie's. Private dogs. I'm afraid I can't authorize your pass. This is a furlough for men who have passed the basic training. No, sir. Res respectfully, sir, I have. I, I put in for this furlough three weeks ago. I'm getting married this afternoon. It says you're not rightful qualified. Well, I'm not required to carry a rifle, sir. But Colonel, Colonel Stelzer, he, he... Colonel Stelzer's determination was Doss must be allowed to work as a combat medic provided he qualifies in all other areas of his training. And you have not qualified on the rifle range, Private. Pretty clear. Show me you know how to handle a rifle. And I'll sign here for a Corporal Cannon. Talk! Hand Private Doss your firearm. I won't touch a rifle, sir. I'm not asking you, Private! That is a direct order from a company commander! For God's sake, Doss. Just stop this nonsense and quit. Refuse. And I will have no recourse but to court-martial you. And you will spend the duration of the war in a military prison. I can, sir. How much longer would you like to wait, Dorothy? I think it's been long enough. I'm so very sorry. 
Sometimes men just get cold feet. Some men might. Not my Desmond. like any man. I wrestle with my conscience, but what do you do when everything you value in this world is under attack? I don't know, sir. I ain't got answers to questions that big. But I also feel like my values are under attack, and I don't know why. If one of them attacks you and some wounded soldier, what are you gonna do? Hit him with your Bible? I'm prepared to give my life for my men. You don't win wars by giving up your life. Look, I'm only here because I don't want to see you rotting in a prison cell. Plead guilty. Throw yourself at the mercy of the court. Maybe they'll let you go home and pray. Let the brave men out there go and win this war. In, the, uh, in this, Desmond had this conviction when it came to taking a life, and, and he refused to even touch a gun. And you do find out part of the reasoning you know, later on in the movie, um, but he flat out refused to touch a gun. And, and many of you also know that convictions are a tricky thing. Having convictions are very important. They're part of what keeps us being swayed by the opinions of others uh, or automatically following others. A uh, person without convictions, as Dr. Leon would say, will be wishy-washy. Um, they will be indecisive, and, uh, and they will be led down the wrong path. When a crowd says, let's all do this, let's all disobey God's word, it takes someone with conviction to stand up and say, no, I will not. In Daniel 3, we see, Daniel, um, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and uh, we know that they had this conviction. They were not going to bow to any god but the one true God. And we know that they held their ground against the Babylonian king and leadership, standing firm even to the king's, you know, even to the, in face of the king's wrath and even when their very lives were threatened. As followers of Jesus, our convictions should be non-negotiable. Like following and honoring and obeying the Lord. Like loving people. Like living by the fruit of the Spirit. These should be non-negotiable convictions in our lives. But how many of you know that other convictions, other things aren't so cut and dry? For instance, there's some sects of the Baptist church that don't believe in dancing. They believe it's immoral. Is that wrong? Oh, they're not wrong to have that conviction, right? There are those of different, actually some of the Baptists, some of the Pentecostal churches that don't believe in wearing certain clothing or ladies wearing makeup because they believe it's compromised and worldly. Is that wrong? They're not wrong. That's their conviction, right? You may have a conviction 
that it's wrong to listen to any music besides praise and worship that glorifies the Lord. These are personal convictions, and personal convictions vary from person to person. And this is where things get tricky, especially in a spirit-filled church, because we're a melting pot from people in all different backgrounds and all different walks of life, all different walks of faith, uh, you know, in the, in the Christian sphere. And, you know, uh, some people in church freak out because somebody else has a different conviction. I've seen people freak out because somebody in church has a new tattoo. I've seen people freak out because they saw a person dancing a jig to a secular song. I've seen people freak out because they saw somebody who was supposed to be a Christian drinking a glass of wine. There's personal convictions in life. Another example. Some Christians believe it's wrong to read from anything but the King James Version. There may be somebody in here. I don't know. Is that wrong? It's not necessarily wrong if that's your conviction. Matter of fact, when Sean and I were students at Christ for the Nations, we had a, a teacher, uh, Dr. Weiss, and uh, he called the NIV the non-inspired version. <laughs> he did. I think he was joking. But, but still, I, I've known people that were really serious, really serious about it. And, you know, is that wrong? No. And here's the kicker. For you to violate your personal convictions, it's sin. If this is your personal conviction that you have before God, if you violate it, it's sin. Now, I'm not getting into some weird moral relativity. What's right for you is right for you. And what's right for me is right. I'm not talking about that. There are non-negotiables. There's non-negotiables as far as the Word of God goes. But there is also personal conviction, like Desmond unwilling to touch a gun. So Desmond has this personal conviction. He signs up to be a medic. Was Desmond's position wrong? No, his position wasn't wrong at all. He felt that before God, it was wrong for him to take a life. Thus, it would have been wrong for him to do so. All that to say... We all have different convictions, and at times there's going to be conflict because people don't share your personal convictions. How many times have you encountered that? How many times have you found, even in the Christian of theirs, that people who got upset because of something in your life that was a personal conviction of theirs that was not necessarily yours, not something that you shared? We have got to learn to focus on the absolutes of the Word of God, and then walk in grace with others concerning the rest. I've heard people say, well, I believe it's clear in Leviticus when the Bible says not to put any markings on your body. So it's wrong for somebody to have a tattoo. Let's look at Romans chapter 14. You guys, uh, I, th I think I actually read this a couple months ago. Again, I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. It says, Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. I think it's funny that he's using this example. Because this was the debate in the church at that time. The, de the debate was about the dietary laws. Remember, Daniel, Shadrach, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would eat only the vegetables. Remember, there were certain meats that the Jewish, the Hebrews were not allowed to eat and whatever. And so now, you know, there were believers who were going, you know what, we're under grace now. The dietary laws have passed away. 
And so they're eating stuff, but the others are on them and going, the Bible says in Leviticus not to eat that. And Paul's trying to put out some fires here. He's going, Lord have mercy, right? So uh, where are we at? Verse 3. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. And the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. Convictions, personal convictions, are a tricky thing. So people will not always understand your convictions and why you do and don't do certain things. Some of us look at Desmond and think, he didn't even have to shoot in battle. All he had to do was qualify on the range. He's not taking a life. Why couldn't? It went against his convictions. People may come against us because of our personal convictions. We've got to learn to respond in love. They need to see that we receive them right where they're at, regardless of whether or not they get where we're coming from. Convictions are tricky. Let's just respond in love. But here's the thing. We talked about there will be obstacles in your way. Your convictions will not always be understood, even by those in the church. But thirdly, people admire tenacity. And not only do people, do people admire tenacity, God honors it. I'm going to talk more about that in a second, but let's look at this. Let's look at this one last clip. We got you. We got you. Hey, Dad. It's me, it's Desmond. I'm gonna fix you up. You ready to get out of here? Sure am. Please, Lord, help me get one more. Help me get one more. One more. 
one more. Help me get one more. Up until this point, no one has understood Desmond and his convictions, and, uh, and he had been labeled a coward, and suddenly they entire, in, encounter this, this terrible battle that wages on and on. They're told to retreat and back off down the ridge, uh, but Desmond looks around, sees countless wounded uh, Americans left for dead, and so while the enemy is walking this area and searching for and killing survivors, um, Desmond sneaks around one by one and and uh, truly, he saved 75 American lives. And uh, he single-handedly lowered each one down that ridge, and he saved all these men without ever firing a shot uh, and without ever compromising his, his convictions. How many of you know that we admire tenacity in people? It's not a common trait anymore. It's not something we see real often. What is tenacity? I looked it up, just synonyms. Resolve, firmness, persistence, drive, determination, steadfastness, stubbornness. You think, stubbornness? What are you laughing at stubbornness for, Marilyn? You're not stubborn. <laughs> How many of you know stubbornness can be a gift from God? <laughs> it can also be your greatest liability. <laughs> Things will come your way and try to distract you. And deter you to blatantly knock you off course. If we're going to do something, if we're going to do something great, if we're specifically, if we're going to do something for God, we have got to be relentless and unshakable. And, you know, we've got to stand and say, I will not be moved. No matter what comes my way, no matter who stands against me, I stand firm and I will not be shaken. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 25 through 28. This is... Paul's story. Let's see how relentless Paul was. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and night I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils and waters, in perils, with, in perils of the sea, in perils of fall, among crewmen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils of fall, among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the churches. You realize this is part of the reason that Paul is remembered? He did what God told him to do and he didn't give up. Most of us will never encounter a quarter of what Paul encountered in his life as far as obstacles. That's tenacity. He stuck with it and he finished the race. And it is hard to find people with this attitude you know, anymore of, of tenacity. People today want to walk away with when things are just good enough, right? It's good enough. Uh, they stick with something maybe until they get tired of it, or they stick with something until it gets hard. But it's the people that see things through that we remember, isn't it? Uh, th this is why we have movies about people like this. You know, when's the last time, when's the last time you saw a movie about somebody who got an idea, looked into it, studied it, and said, no, that's too hard. The end. That's not the people we remember. 
But I believe in many ways that's much of our culture today. In reality, uh, some of y'all saw in the trailer, did y'all see in the trailer where Desmond Doss, where he kicks that grenade away? You know, he really did that. Now, I don't know if he really did that weird flip and stuff when he did it, but he, he truly did. He, there was a live grenade that was thrown in where he and some of the guys were, and he kicked it away, and it exploded. And um, he had, uh, that's about close to where the movie ends, um, he ended up with 17 pieces of shrapnel in his body. He was, uh, he was disabled for the rest of his life, uh, kicking that grenade away from, from the guys. Um, it said it, his legs took the brunt of it. And, and actually, it's the one thing I found in reading that was different in the movie than in the true story is that he went on to, you know, marry um, his wife. Uh, she actually was not a nurse before. She actually became a nurse after the war because he was disabled. She became a nurse to take care of the family because of what he had sacrificed. Um, many of you saw the movie. How many of you saw the movie Unbroken about the Christian Olympic runner? who was, plane went down and was captured by the Japanese and was in the camps and went through unimaginable, I mean, it, it was terrible, the unfair treatment, terrible conditions, the beatings and stuff that he endured, you know, through that. We see these inspiring movies about people who wouldn't give up, even if it meant losing their lives. Why is this a common theme? Because it's who God's called us to be. He's called us to be relentless, unmovable, unshakable, we're willing to stand to the point of even losing our own life. Most of all, it's what Jesus did, right? Jesus went through everything that we went through. He went through all the temptations and everything else. He walked this earth and he laid down his life, right? Never moved. He won't compromised. Never sinned. Inspiring movies are about people who won't give up. So we've got to be tenacious in all we do. And how many of you know if the church stood together with tenacious faith, a tenacious attitude of being unmoved, the world would be a different place today than what it is. We've got to run hard after the Lord, not allowing distractions or circumstances or people or hard times or even pain to slow us down or to move us. And wouldn't it be great in the end if... Like Paul said, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That should be what we strive for, that we can take our last breath saying those words. I kept the faith. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And we close our eyes and we find us in the presence of God. Those words can only be said by a tenacious person. So we've got to never give up. Even if people, we find people and obstacles standing against us every step of the way, People take notice, and they remember that you weren't willing to be moved, that you weren't able, that you weren't willing to give up. Not only that, but God honors it, and all of heaven applauds it. So, there will be obstacles in your way. We got to keep on going anyway. There will be convictions that we'll have that won't be understood, but we got to stick with it and keep going. And people will come to admire our tenacity, but most of all, God will honor it. Amen. At the end of the movie, those of you who come Wednesday night, you see video of the real Desmond Doss as he tells parts of the story. And that line where he says, please, Lord, give me just one more, you see him actually talking about that and about how that's what he was saying as he was up there lowering each man. Lord, give me just one more. So 
Um, with that said, oh, actually, and by the way, he, he actually passed away in, in March 2006. And so the video is from earlier. But, but with that said, why don't we all stand together and, and uh, let's, let's close things out here. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to, to come on up. I do, uh, as they're coming up, I do invite you guys, y'all, y'all come out Wednesday night, encourage you to come watch Hacksaw Ridge. You will leave, you will leave inspired. And uh, I believe that, um, that, you know, it's just one of those movies you walk away from and, man, you're just like, yes, I can do it. So, uh, so anyway, let's all bow our heads for, for just a moment. You know, the greatest obstacle that any human being faces in this life is walking this earth without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You talk about an obstacle. We all go through good times. We all go through tough times. We all come across obstacles, whether we're saved or whether we're lost. But man, the obstacles are unimaginable if you don't walk with your Creator, if you don't walk with your Heavenly Father. If you're here and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, that's the first step. You need Him with you. As I said, We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. But guess what? You can have Jesus by your side. And he promises that he'll never leave you or forsake you. But you need to receive him. You need to surrender your life. You need to repent and turn from your ways. And say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I accept that sacrifice that you paid on Calvary as my own. I accept that price that you paid for the judgment that should have been mine. I make you Lord of my life. And I choose that I am going to relentlessly follow you all the days of my life. I'm not going to veer to the left and to the right, but I'm going to follow you to the end so that I can say I fought the good fight, that I finished the race. Lord, that all of heaven would applaud for your glory. With every head bowed, if that's you, you're here and you would say, you know what? <laughs> I haven't been living relentlessly for God. I, you may even be here and say, you know what? I've never truly surrendered my life to him. If that's you and you would say, I need to do that today. With every head bowed, just lift your hand. Let me see. Who would say, I need to surrender my life to the Lord today? Anybody in this place? I don't normally do this, but I feel like There is somebody here, and the Lord is just pounding on your heart right now. If that's you, you know what? You don't have to raise your hand right now. But that's the Holy Spirit. is there and he's saying come on I've got you just take my hand stop trying to do this alone stop trying to walk in your own strength stop trying to figure everything out take my hand take my hand we're going to pray this prayer together if you do and you mean it with all your heart if you truly are willing to lay down your life and surrender and be the hands and feet of Jesus to follow him all the days of your life. The Bible says you become a new creation. The old has passed away. You become a part of a new kingdom. Doesn't mean things are going to get easy. You're still going to encounter the obstacles. But he's going to be with you. 
you're going to have the coach of all coaches in this life. He's going to walk with you every step of the way. And you're going to find favor and you're going to find joy and you're going to find peace that you've never experienced before. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I realize in this life, I can't make it on my own. I can't do it in my own strength. It just burns me out. It's killing me. Today, Jesus, I recognize you for who you are. I repent of my sin. I repent of my old way of living. And today, I call you Lord of my life. I don't just call you Lord, I make you Lord. I put you on the throne of my heart. I'm gonna let you steer this ship. Taking my hands off and I'm gonna trust you. Jesus, I thank you for laying down your life. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, for my shame and my guilt, for my sickness and disease. You took it all. So today I lay at your feet those things that you carried and I choose to walk with you. I take your hand. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything you've called me to be in this life. I'll walk with you to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. As we dismiss here in a moment, we're gonna have our prayer partners. Actually, prayer partners, y'all just go ahead and come down. Our pastors, elders, come down to the sides. And in just a few, just a couple minutes, I want you, if you did that and you prayed that and you truly meant of your heart that you were surrendering your life to him, I want you to come down. I want you to tell one of them. I want you to talk to him for just a minute. I'm not going to embarrass you, make you stand out. But even so, in our walk with the Lord, we weren't meant to walk alone. We need to be surrounded by people who would encourage us and give us godly counsel and help to propel us forward in this walk with him. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to come down and talk to one of them. But one more thing, I want us to bow our heads one more time. may be walking with the Lord but you may have been for a long time looking ahead and you may feel like you are staring down Hacksaw Ridge and you keep feeling like you try to climb you keep trying to overcome and the obstacles are overwhelming before you you've wondered sometimes if you could make it another day and you may truly feel that, you've, that you're crying out to the Lord and that you're digging into his word and you're praying and you're just asking. I just feel like there's a few of you that are just desperately asking the Lord for, for relief from the circumstances and the obstacles that you're facing in this life. Lord, our, guys, our God is more than enough. He can meet every need. He can fill every void. He can help you step over every mountain. If he has to, he will kick the mountain out of the way. But you may feel like you're tired. You've been standing firm for so long, and you wonder, how much longer can I stand? God, if that's you with every head bowed, just lift your hands in the air as a sign of worship. Yeah, who else? Oh, man, several. Who else? But say, I'm tired. The obstacles. Oh, 
we just speak freedom right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and all creation bows before you. It doesn't matter if it's a ridge. It doesn't matter if it's a sea or a mountain. It doesn't matter if it's a person. All of creation bows before you, Lord. And we just speak into each of these who are tired. And we speak strength to be infused within them right now in Jesus' name. That supernatural power of God to infuse them with strength and encouragement. Lord, that they wouldn't look for strength within themselves, but Lord, they would look for strength in you. They would allow you to do the heavy lifting in their lives. They would lay their burdens at your feet. God, I pray that you would help them, give them guidance, that they would be surrounded by godly people who would speak encouragement and truth into them in Jesus' name. Maybe even correction that's needed. God, surround them by people who would lift them up in the midst of these hard situations and these hard times. feel like the Lord says to you, don't give up. Keep standing strong. I'm right beside you. I've got my arm around you. Keep standing strong. Don't look to the left or the right. Look straight at me. Look straight at me. Look me in the eyes. Don't look to the left or the right. I've got you. You're standing on the rock. Not be in Jesus' name. If that's you, I know we're running a little bit over. I'm going to ask you, as we dismiss, I'm going to ask you to come down. Let one of the prayer partners, just tell them. You, you don't have to tell them your situation. Just say, I'm, I'm tired. The obstacles, the ridges in front of me seem so high, so tired. Would you pray with me? Pray with me for strength. Give me some guidance that I can go on and do everything the Lord's called me to do. Amen? Guys, with that, we are gonna, we're going to let you go. Like I said, as we dismiss, come on down to the sides. Let somebody stand with you. Let somebody pray with you. You guys, hopefully we'll see you uh, Wednesday night. Like I said, we're, we're going to have adults in here. We'll have some stuff for the kids going on in the back. Um, but we're going to watch this together and be inspired and allow the Lord to speak to us through this story. Amen. Guys, we love you so much. You can do it. You can make it. Be the hands and feet of Jesus to every person you come in contact with. Amen. We love you. You guys are dismissed. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.